probably the one big mistake that I haven't actually spoke about as well is like a lot of people when they're thinking about their website, especially when they're new, they will go to like a really big brand and they'll look at their website and be like, I need to have that. G'day, I'm Lockie and welcome to D2C Slingshot, a podcast where we interview brand founders and industry experts to help you out on your own journey and I hope you enjoyed this episode. G'day everyone, today I'm joined with Clayton Bates and this is a podcast that I've been super excited for because Clayton is a website developer and one of Australia's, if not Australia's leading Shopify expert. Uh, I'll pass it over to you now to sort of give yourself a quick introduction, Clayton. Uh, thanks mate, thanks for having me. Um, basically, yeah, my name is Clayton Bates. I own an agency called Inspire Small Business. Uh, we we build and rebuild Shopify websites. So basically, we're focused on like um, giving the client a really good experience with our agency and trying to help uh, make their websites convert at a higher rate to make them more revenue. I think at the moment uh we've generated like an extra 30 or 40 million dollars back into small businesses across the world for like just from redesigning websites so yeah. uh yeah i think that's pretty cool yeah that's powerful that is a lot of small businesses helped and i saw on your website that you have over 100 five-star reviews yeah yeah i think it's like 50 google reviews and about 60 or 70 on shopify experts so yeah we've had like heaps of um, good feedback from our clients and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Really proud of that as well. Yeah, definitely. You should be. And I watched some of those uh, video testimonials you got up on your website as well. I really struggle to get video testimonials, but you have some absolute ripper ones in your website at the moment. Yeah, I, I forget to ask people. Like, I, I think like, um, you know, really, I should have two or three hundred five star reviews, but I always forget. I've got to ask people for years, but a lot of those people that left me video reviews, um, I, I went above and beyond for those people. And um, the way I looked at it, especially the first four video reviews that I got, um, those four people really helped my business a lot. And I really helped their business quite a lot as well. So it was like a, um, you know, we both helped each other out sort of thing. But I think like one of the things is just keep asking people and, you know, someone will say yes. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, they really helped my business when I got them for sure, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Like, and then, yeah, people get lazy as well. I know when somebody sends me a review link or something like that, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do it later. And then you just forget about it as well. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely having those video reviews definitely helps. And then also you touched on Shopify experts. Uh, I know this is a bit how you've grown your business over the past nine years. Do you just want to give us a bit of an insight to what Shopify experts are and what they can do for small business? So basically, um, a lot of people say they're Shopify experts, but technically, um, there's actually a program where you you can become a registered Shopify expert, like vetted by Shopify. Um, if you go into your, the back end of your Shopify store, there's a button where it says hire an expert and it comes to someone like me. Uh, in Australia, there's only, I think there's only 27 experts for website redesigns at the moment and about 500 in the whole world. So you think there's tens of thousands of agencies and there's yeah. only like 500 registered experts in the whole world and like nearly none in Australia, um, which yeah, is crazy. Is uh, so basically, like when I become an expert, I think 2019, 
Uh, Shopify had been taking this. This is I, they never directly said this, but it sort of sounded like this. But they'd been taking on um, pretty much any sort of agency that would they would let become an expert, and they got like a lot of like not the best agencies in. So they yeah. shut down the program for like a year and didn't let anyone in. And then they decided they wanted to let people in that were really good, offered a lot of value to the community, stuff like that. Um, I'd posted on their community forum a thousand times in a year, giving people feedback on their website for free. So like I did that like a thousand times. And one of the bosses at Shopify actually see me commenting like that thousand times or whatever. And they're like, I would need to like message this guy. And, um, yeah, so randomly they messaged me and they said, oh, do you want to be an expert? I was like, yeah, that sounds like pretty cool. And um, I think it took like two or three months. Like it was this big like interview process. I had to give like examples of sites, how it helped people, um, stuff like that. I got all the way to the end and they pretty much said like, we normally would never take someone like you on as a Shopify expert, um, but you've offered like so much free value. Uh, you've done like a really good job. Uh, we're going to let you in. Just don't let us down. And I just still haven't. So, so <laughs> I was like, um, I always think like we, when it comes to being lucky sort of thing, we make our own luck. And like I, I posted in that forum expecting nothing in return, like a thousand times giving people like advice for free and stuff. And like, it's almost like I made my own luck. Like, and now Shopify sends me like a hundred to 500 leads a week for yeah, free that, that is so it's like crazy <laughs> that's like pretty powerful like most agencies that i spoke to they would probably love something like that like yeah yeah for sure that is a crazy amount of leads and i would definitely love something like that as well so yeah i, I guess a big part of it was obviously just posting free content and you happen to get noticed and like you said you made your own luck how come they were hesitant to let you into the shopify expert program because I was only sort of starting out still like I'd so I've been using Shopify for nine years, but I had my own store before that for like a few years. And I, I'd, I'd only been building websites for maybe a year. So I hadn't really built that many websites. You know, I was just okay at building websites sort of thing. So that's why they were a bit hesitant sort of thing. I think what they sort of meant is like they would normally take an agency that had built hundreds of websites, been around for like five years yep. or a few years sort of thing. So that's why they were a bit hesitant sort of to take me on. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but yeah, hopefully yeah. that makes sense. Fair <laughs> enough. And then you spoke about uh, like bigger agencies. What's your team currently looking like at the moment? Like, is it just yourself? Would you have a couple of people helping you or? Yeah, I've got a few people helping me. Um, I've just got a bigger office here. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of it, Watso co-working space. We've just moved into like a bigger office. So I'm trying to hire uh, people in the office. Um, there's one person in my office at the moment and then there's a couple of virtual people. Um, I feel like my goal is to have like four people in the office, three people virtual, depending on the roles and stuff like that. So my goal at the moment is to get to like seven people, four full-time, three virtual. Yeah, lovely. So yeah, definitely scaling up. Yeah, yeah. So definitely like um, want to keep growing and stuff like that. So I think there's a, a lot we can offer the world sort of thing. So yeah, it'd be, I'd be doing a disservice to 
everyone if I didn't try to scale my business because I believe like we have an awesome agency here. Yeah, for sure. And if you generated $30 million extra revenue for small business, you must be doing something half decent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so really crazy when I say like that much money, even though it's like not really a lot of money in the grand scheme of everything, but it, it, it just seems crazy to me. Like well, my clients have earned way more than my Shopify website ever made like sort of thing. So it's a bit crazy. Yeah, I guess when everyone starts their own e-commerce business, uh, sort of the first goal is to make like a thousand dollars and then the next one's like 10K. And then, yeah, like you're saying, you've generated over 30 million extra revenue for all these small businesses across the world, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah what would you say uh, you helped the most with? So is it like tearing down somebody's website and rebuilding it completely or is it adding like a better CRO or something like that to a website to improve it? Or what do you guys mainly focus on? Or why do people come and shop with you guys? Uh, there's definitely like mm, five reasons, uh, five things that most people mess up on their website. Um, but basically like when I do work with people, I try to make it like a team effort, like not just all my way, like, you know, the client's gotta be happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but I'd say the five main reasons that most people mess up on their website is uh, they don't understand their homepage and how to build their homepage, uh, especially if they build a brand and a lot of people are going to the homepage. So a lot of people mess that up. So when we redesign that, it normally converts better. Um, their site navigation, it's not very, it's not easy to use. Um, things like that. Most people mess up their site navigation for sure. You just want to make it really easy for someone to find what they're looking for, stuff like that. Um, their product page, I normally the two main things that people mess up on their product page is they don't have enough information about the product. Uh, some yeah. products don't need heaps of information, but some do. Um, and they don't have to build trust as in like reviews, things like that. Uh, the fourth one's their checkout. It's crazy. I never really, I, I learned this early on, but people's checkout, what a lot of people uh, forget to do is like add their logo, their brand colors, stuff like that. And when someone actually goes through the, the checkout process, it actually converts a lot less when you get to add your logo, um, your colors and stuff. I think it's about like five to 20% of people will drop off if you don't have that stuff there. Um, so that's really important. You want to be consistent, feel like it's the rest of your, feel the same as the rest of your website. That's really important. And the fifth one and probably the, the biggest one is uh, people don't optimize their site for mobile phone. I think like when you're looking at your website, you, especially if you're a business owner, right? You're most likely probably on your laptop working and you're looking at your website on a laptop. But the thing is like probably 50 to 90% of your traffic is on a mobile. So you're looking at your, your website on a laptop thinking, oh, that looks good, but not really paying as much attention on a mobile, which it's more important these days to focus more on a mobile than a desktop for nearly any niche. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Like I still go to e-commerce websites and they don't even like have a call to action button on a web, like on the, like above the fold before you have to scroll on mobile and you just have to go searching for it. So simple stuff like that is an easy fix for somebody like you. Uh, and then you mentioned homepage mistakes. What are some of the mistakes people are making? Because like most people would say like they've put some effort into it. They've got a lovely picture. Like what makes a bad homepage compared to a good homepage? Well, I wouldn't, I, I think most people don't have like 
bad home pages. It's just they don't flow the right way. So, for example, I think like if you go back like four or five years, a lot of people used to say um, you have to have like information about your story and stuff at the top and things like that. Where when I think about a homepage, I'm like, why is someone going to a homepage? There's there's two main reasons people normally are going to a homepage. One, they've like followed them on like social media. And the second one is they've Googled their business name and went straight to their homepage. So those two types of people probably already have an idea about the brand, especially if they followed them on, on social media. Yeah. So I normally try to make the first two or three sections all about like selling. So as in like Benner that goes to maybe all the products at the top, then maybe four best-selling products and the categories, something like that, all really nice images. So basically, you're making it super easy for someone to find what they're looking for to buy. And then you sort of make the middle of the page about building trust connections. So that's where you have the story, the, the reviews, things like that. Because the people on the fence will most likely probably scroll past the first three sections. So then you build all the trust and stuff. And then the bottom of the page doesn't matter as much. You can really put uh, more information there. You can have more products down there. I normally like to finish the home page with an Instagram feed because most likely if someone makes it all the way to the bottom of the home page, they're not going to buy anything. So if you give them an Instagram feed, they can maybe go follow you on Instagram, maybe come back later or something like that. So Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. And you do see that quite a bit around, but yeah, definitely not every brand's doing it. And sort of like capturing an email, you're sort of storing that data for later or trying to get them into your funnel so they can see a bit of social content around or they see an email around and then they eventually come back to buy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and you also mentioned the checkout process recently and I know there was a pretty big Shopify update that come out. I think it was around Christmas or the new year and they released like one-page checkouts and it's, they seem to make that process a whole lot easier. What changes have you made since that update was released? So not everyone still has access to it yet. Okay. So only like a few of my clients have access to it. So I think they're slowly rolling it out. Um, but it just makes the buying process so much easier. You don't have to like put your address in, go to a next page, pay for it, next page sort of thing. It's just streamlining it, having it all on the one page. I think they did a lot of research because Shopify Plus stores can actually do a one page checkout. I'm pretty sure from memory and they said that it converts like heaps better like having one page um so yeah i haven't really rolled it out on like heaps of stores but i just i just know it's going to work better like you just want to make the experience really easy for people even like when we're building websites we try to think about how quickly can someone get to the checkout like the least amount of buttons they have to press to get to the checkout normally converts a lot better so this is going to make a big change to Shopify websites for sure, 100%. Yeah, for sure. And if that conversion rate increases, then everything else in your business becomes so much more efficient as well, hey? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that too. Like, you know, if let's say you're making like $100,000 and your conversion rate's like 2%, like it goes to 3%, you're making like $150,000. Like it's like massive difference sort of thing. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, that's one of the things I push heavily because I'm a Facebook advertiser. But one of the main things I try to get clients to focus on is their website. Like we can do so much to actually send the traffic to the website, but it's the website's job to actually convert. Now, why we can give the person who clicks like the mi- the mindset that they are going to the website to purchase and sending quality traffic and all that. But at the end of the day, if you're website conversion rate is like a 0.8 or something you're just flushing money down the toilet if you're going to invest in paid advertising so i've turned a lot of clients away because their website conversion rate is like that i'm like look instead of spending the money with me you're better off going and spending it with somebody like yourself improving that website and then coming back to me in three months and then that's going to save me a lot of headaches and it's going to save you a lot of time and money trying to figure out like what the hell why isn't this working and then they get angry at me but if they just invest that money up front into CRO then everybody's happier in six 12 months time yeah no you look at it a good way like how you just explained it like I think more people should be like that I don't know if you find this but I've I, I sort of have started to find that there's there is like two types of people there's like one person who's like i have to get the website working really well it has to convert well then i'll do the marketing and then the other person's like all right let's do the marketing now who cares about website let's let's go sort of thing i mean i do find that like people are like that yeah yeah i do find that and like obviously a brand owner is wanting to make more sales and to make more sales, you need to spend more money and you need more eyes on your product. And it makes sense to go straight into paid advertising, get all those eyeballs. And because every business owner believes they have the best product ever and pretty much sell itself, then they opt for the paid advertising solution. Now, some agencies will take that money, produce shit results and like lose that client. But the way I like to look at it is, yeah, hey, go and fix your website first. Like, I know this isn't going to be beneficial for either of us and it's going to save me a lot of headaches trying to explain to you why I took your money, but it's the website's fault. Like I already knew that. So that's how I like to look at it. Yeah, I think that's the best way to be, like um, to look at it that way because if they go fix the website and stuff, then come back to you, you get good results. It's just going to be like a really good relationship. Like even me, like I give people, like I do Loom videos going over people's websites and I pretty much tell them every single thing that they need to change. So if if they can't, maybe they're not at the stage they can afford to like um, hire me, they can actually go try to implement some of the things themselves, get some sales, build a brand, then come back. Like I've had like quite a lot of people message me like a year later or two years later or something and be like oh you really helped me like a year ago with that video you recorded and they've come back and like got me to rebuild their website and stuff so i think it does come back around like if you really do like um expect nothing in return like give value expect nothing in return you'll be you'll be fine yeah i'm pretty sure i was pushing one of my clients a, a clothing client to um improve their CRO or their conversion rate, sorry. And I was like, hey, go chat to Clayton or I sent you their website and you did like a 20-minute audit on it, which was like, I was expecting like five to 10 minutes. You did 20. She, Sarah said, uh, that was all really good content, uh, but then she never took action at the end of the day. Uh, but like that sort of stuff does stick with 
like businesses like myself where I'm like referring work. I'm like, hey, I know Clayton went to the effort to actually provide some insights to that business and it has helped. Uh, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, I think it's come back your way yet. But no, yeah, over the long term, if people are remembering, remembering you after one year, then uh, yeah. yeah, you're obviously providing some good source. Yeah, I've had someone after three years like remember that video and come back. So it's it's pretty crazy. But the other thing is, well, like if someone has an agency and they're listening to this, like you have to really think about how many people the other person might be speaking to as well and like what sort of messages and people, how people respond and stuff. And I think like especially since like COVID and stuff, like we like people want this connection sort of thing. So if they can feel some sort of connection with you, that they're, they're going to be a really good client. Um, things like that they're going to remember you you know everything like it you're going to help them more like it's just all like going to be like this good experience sort of thing so you have to really go above and beyond and just um yeah you know i don't know i think it just helps doing stuff like that yeah and yeah within my business yeah communication is one of the biggest things like i'm always on slack trying to message clients like hey do you like this do you like that hey what can we do to improve the business today sort of thing so yeah communication is definitely a good thing and going above and beyond is obviously served you well yeah yeah 100 percent. so let's just jump back into some like overlooked best practices maybe something that a lot of small businesses are overlooking at the moment um, probably just what I said, like building connection with their audience and stuff like that. Uh, some of the, the best businesses I've worked with have such a strong connection with their following and stuff. And I, I think some people underestimate like um, you don't really need like a massive following if most of that following loves you to death and they really connect with you and stuff like that. So. I think a lot of people don't focus on that, like how powerful that is, like building connection with the audience and things like that. But yeah. I always think like that's sometimes the competitive advantage you have over big companies because big companies can't, they, they struggle to build that connection sometimes. So when you're a bit smaller, you really have that power to um, connect. Like imagine just this one client is just popping into my head. They're like a mum in their 30s. They, they love their kids stuff like that their, their whole business is around kids like and if you're a mum in your 30s or 20s or 40s um, and you love your kids like and things like that the, it's this powerful like um, connection you can sort of have with people or even like businesses that they're super happy and positive they look like awesome got these two guys that do like um, uh, food delivery service sort of thing they're like so positive happy they're, they're like really awesome guys and imagine like those two guys like rocking up at your house with your like fruit and vegetables and stuff. And they're like, you know, it's that people want to feel that sort of thing, I think. So, yeah, hopefully that sort of answers it. Yeah, definitely. And I think most small businesses out there have like tried it like an influencer strategy and they've gone for the one with the most followers, the most recognized out there. They pay thousands of dollars just to get a social post or a story up and they post it, but that influencer has like zero engagement. So they yeah, see no they see. sales on the back end, but they might go to a, like a micro influencer of thousand followers, but they might get 30, 50 orders from that because that audience is so attached to that influencer. So yeah, a bit of the same thing going on there as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've seen something really crazy. I don't know if this sounds crazy to you, but um, one of my clients, they had 5,000 followers on Instagram. And I never realized, I, I thought, oh, they're, they're going to go okay when they launch the, this brand new website. But I never realized like that these 5,000 people love this guy to death. And like when, when we launched their brand new website, they made 100K day one. Yeah. Brand new website, brand new business. And it's yeah, like 5,000 followers on Instagram. Like, I feel like if I posted like screenshots on Facebook groups about that, people would not believe that that happened. It was just like <laughs> the craziest storm of something that I've seen. Yeah, that so, is that is pretty crazy. 5,000 followers into 100K in a day. That is uh, yeah. yeah, pretty unbelievable. And with all the like screenshots going around, <laughs> yeah, probably most people wouldn't believe that. But if yeah. you're seeing it with your own eyes, then um, yeah, that's good. And it's good to know that you can provide that sort of value to small businesses. So if you can do like, what were some of the changes that you made with that new website? Like what was their old website like compared to the new one? Like what was some of the major changes? That one where they did a hundred K day one. Yeah. It was yeah. like a brand new website, a brand new business day one of business. They made a hundred K. Really? Yeah, that is really crazy. Day one, never run a business ever in their whole life. Day one, 100K. Wow. Yeah. And then what about like, what were they looking for in like a website? Like, why did they go to you instead of like saying, go to Shopify, getting some templates there, starting there and starting small compared to be like, hey, I suppose they had real conviction on their product and stuff like that to go and invest in a web quality website. But yeah, why did they... Why were they attracted to you? I think um, I'm pretty sure I was a Shopify expert. Yeah, I was. So I think they found me Shopify experts. But yeah. uh, to give you like context around that business, the guy had been working for companies in the same niche for like 10 years. And he'd been posting on social media for like years and years and years just because he was like probably the most passionate person I've ever seen about what they do. Like yeah. I've probably never run into someone more passionate than this guy. So I think he'd been working for all these companies. He'd been really passionate. Heaps of people messaging him all the time on Instagram and stuff like that. And he knew that like, I, I didn't, I didn't think it would be like it was, but I think yeah. he knew that this is going to be like a massive business. We need to have a really good website straight away, like launch day one sort of thing. So he'd had like years and years of experience. So he probably fell into a bracket where most people would not have all the right things in place like yeah. to for that to happen. So it was probably like a rare like thing that would happen. Um, but yeah, he knew like sort of thing. Like I think after like two months, they'd made like half a million dollars or something like that or a month or something like that. It was just like really, really crazy. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good uh, case study to be involved in. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, I guess some of the conversation you guys were having, and I suppose this is for every client as well, but trying to combat like visually appealing websites versus like conversion focused websites, like how do you deal with those conversations and what are the, some of the main differences between those? Um, I think sometimes it is like a hard conversation. So just the only way my brain can sort of think of this is like, if you go to like websites where they've given like um they have like uh, awards for like best website or best website of the day and stuff like that if you look at some of the best websites um they look absolutely beautiful 
but I already know if I made it simpler, they'd make like twice the amount of money. So yeah, those websites like, are crazy. Some of those builds are like ridiculous. Some of them like visually is like just how did you do it? That's like crazy. Like yeah. it's so like awesome to look at. But I also know like it's definitely like heaps of money been left on the table sort of thing. Um, so it's like a balancing act sort of thing. So you don't want to make it like too too simple, and you don't want to make it like too too full on. Because like some of those really like amazing websites are very distracting you can get very lost in that website stuff like that and not actually end up just leaving sort of thing um so yeah i just try to make it like a a balancing act sort of thing i always think like um one of the most important things that people don't really think about is like you want to have like really nice images and stuff on the website and things like that that that's more important than having like heaps of scrolling text and like things like jumping out at you you just want to have like a website that flows really well and it has really nice images like they're normally the ones that work really well but if someone wants like a full on a full-on website like that normally i'll have like a conversation with them and if they want something i'll be like uh this is my thoughts why i wouldn't do it um but we can do it like so i always like try to make it like a team effort sort of thing so i don't 100 percent always be like no it's my way we're doing it really simple like i just try to yeah, I don't know if that explains yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it's all about like setting expectations and working towards that client's goal. Like at the end of the day, if a client wants a beautiful website and they're not really too focused on making the money, then that that's what they'll get. But as long as those uh, expectations are set and you're really clear, then yeah, it should be all good. Yeah. Now you the just one... touched on photos. Sorry, yeah, you just touched right, on yeah. photos. I actually just did a podcast with a photographer and I don't think he really understood how much impact photos have on like website conversion rate. At the moment, like I'm working with a jewelry brand and they're like, she's also frustrated with her images because she's comparing herself to bigger brands with higher quality photos. And like the differences between like their websites, like the websites like set out nicely, but it's just the images that just look off and makes you like want to leave. So yeah. like, do you work closer with photographers or do you like, uh, like advise people to say, Hey, maybe you should go out and get some new photos to really bring this new website to life. Or how do you have those conversations as well? I'd say mostly on the calls when I speak to people, um, or like in the loom videos and things, I, I sort of say like half the battle is the images and then the other half of the, the battle is the website. So to give you an idea, like when I really realized like how important images were, this was like probably three or four years ago, yeah. I worked with this fashion brand and their website was like um, not bad, but it just was really clunky. A lot of things didn't work. Um, it didn't flow very well, but they had these beautiful images sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, when we rebuilt it, we just made it like really beautiful, like really nice images, things like that. And they went from like a thousand dollars a week to like seven thousand dollars a week just from like and it and it started this thing in my brain. I'm like, is it really like because they they spend about forty, fifty thousand a year on images wow. uh, for their website. Um, a lot of people can't do that, but um, it started me down this rabbit hole of like I started to build fashion websites very similar to that one I built. Yeah. And there's a very big difference. You can build the flat the same website five times but if someone has really nice images 
they're probably going to build a following better on Instagram. They're probably going to get more people to the website. It's probably going to convert better. Um, so sometimes it is frustrating, like the images, because there's only so much you can do with the website before the images are the problem. Um, yep. But I, I definitely think people underestimate the power of like good images, especially like, for example, when people go to the homepage, the first image they see is like one of the most important images on the whole website. Yeah, and, and I feel like a lot of brands do get that wrong because like you said earlier, most people, like most brand owners are sitting at their desktop editing their website and they have that like big, beautiful image, but usually at well, a lot of the time, it's not in the right resolution. And then also it gets scaled down onto mobile and it just looks a bit funny as well. So those small differences can make a huge impact, especially uh, on first impressions. Yeah. The other thing, a lot of theme templates do this as well. So when you have like your slideshow banner or something at the top, um, you can, a lot of what themes will have it where you can have an image for desktop and a different image for mobile. And I think a lot of people just leave the desktop one where you yeah. should have like optimized, like a really nice desktop one and then a, a different one for mobile, like resize it, things like that, even have a different image. Um, and if your website doesn't do it, you can just code that function into your website. You can hire someone for not that much to code that into your website. Because even a little tiny thing like that would make a big difference from someone first landing on your page. The other thing as well, with that big image, like I always, um, a lot of people want to have four or five like scrolling images there. And I always recommend not to, like I always try to make people have one. Because yeah. the thing, like, if someone's got bad reception on their mobile and they're going to your website and it's trying to load, like, five high-quality images, it's going to, like, slow down the website as well. So I always try to think, pick your absolute best image, like, what you want people to see when they land there. Makes yeah, a big difference. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think enough people actually plan what they're actually going to put there as like their homepage image. And especially if it is like a fashion brand, then usually they just get to pick something from their latest photo shoot, but they didn't actually go to the photo shoot with like, hey, I need to get like a home banner, like website image and actually focus time on that. I just yeah, think they just pick something from their photo shoot. Uh, just a random one that looks all right. But I think if brands spend a bit more time actually preparing like how their website's going to look visually uh, before yeah. they go into the Photoshop, then it, that's going to have a massive impact as well. Because when like I've tried to create websites for like my own business, I'll go to a template. The template looks absolutely beautiful. And then I go to edit it. And then I go to add my own content in there. I'm like, none of these images work at all and then i just get frustrated and delete the website yeah yeah that's um oh, the thing i was going to say before sometimes i do communicate with the photographers and or give them information and stuff as well like and be like hey we need like a banner this size and so to think about that on the photo shoot yeah um but what you just said as well is a big problem building a website too because sometimes when people hire me I think, oh, we should use this template. And then none of the images really work with the flow of like how that template works and stuff. And then you got to change template or, or, or think of something different to do sort of thing. So sometimes that's an issue too. Yeah, for sure. And it would be frustrating. Uh, like how much of your work is templated now? Because like there's a lot of AI tools out there. Websites are becoming faster to build. Maybe not for you because uh, you've got so much experience. But for like the common like small business owner, websites are getting fairly easy to build. 
uh, like how do you see AI sort of impacting that or how has it impacted your business so far? Well, I think it's like everything in the, in the, like, if you look back at like, I tried to build a website in 2009 and it was like super hard in 2009 and like everything is getting easier and easier. Um, but you just have to like adapt with like the new software, the new, new stuff like that. Um, yeah, you just got to keep evolving and going with the times. I feel like the one thing with AI, like um, probably not in the next one or two years, it's going to impact everything like massively, but probably in like two to five years, it will massively impact things when pe- when more people start to get onto AI and stuff like that. A bit like how COVID like exploded e-commerce because a lot of people still didn't shop online, stuff like that. Then when they were forced to do it or people were like, oh, you know, so it sort of will have an impact later for sure, 100%. Um, but I always think like the the two people that win with AI is like the companies that are like super cheap and then the companies that are the best. So it's normally the people that are in the middle that AI will affect the most. Like if just aim to be the best <laughs> or like I wouldn't recommend trying to be the cheapest, but if you're the, if you're the, if you're the best you can be like, that's, you're going to be fine, I think, in the long run. Yeah, um, like AI is nowhere near perfect at the moment. I had a little play around with one I found on TikTok this morning. I was like, oh, I could build a website in three seconds. So I had a <laughs> at it and it did a pretty decent job, like got the layout and everything. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's pretty good. But yeah, it's obviously not a direct-to-consumer website that's optimized for conversion rate and all that sort of jazz. So yeah, it's an interesting space to watch anyway and having a pulse on it uh, is definitely important. Yeah, I'll definitely like still like look into it and stuff. I've played around with it and things like that. Um, I think it's a little bit hard for Shopify sites at the moment unless you really, really know like every little thing that you need to do. Yeah. Um, to make like a section block, we'll try on it the other day to make a section block on like WordPress. Like it was, wasn't as hard as you'll think, but it was like some workarounds and stuff. I think Shopify is a little bit more complicated for the AI to do. Um, but yeah, it's just going to keep getting better and stuff, but I'll just keep evolving and then see what happens. Like it's, I don't think it'll ever be perfect. So yeah. So yeah. yeah or yeah, in we'll our lifetime, it might not be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Now we spoke about like website speed and loading speeds. Like if somebody's out of reception earlier, like what are some tips to improving website speed? Like a lot of small business owners would have ran their website through the Google speed test and it comes up with all these red looking things. It's like, uh, you've got too much code on your website. Like, like nobody actually knows what that means if they're not a website developer. So like, how do you view Google speed test or how do you actually improve a website from your end? So originally I think a lot of people like me, when, when, you know, how Shopify has the average, average speed, on, you, you can actually see the average speed in the back end of your Shopify store now. I think a lot of people like me, when that first come in, they'll up, they're very upset about it um, because a lot of people are like complaining. It says like, oh, my website's slower and all this sort of stuff, right? But I think that's actually been a really good thing because now agencies are really focused on like trying to make websites faster. And like a lot of people wouldn't run their website through Google um, the speed score thing. So now that Shopify is sort of putting it in your face, it's really good. Um, but the, 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 the negative thing to that as well is like, 
I think a lot of people don't understand how speed works. So basically, a lot of websites, if they were getting zero out of 100, they'll never make a sale. But a lot of websites, if they'll get 100 out of 100, they'll never make a, web, a sale either. So it's like this balancing act where um, you've got to think about what's really important for your website. So if let's just say you have a subscription website, right? The app that runs the subscription is going to slow down the website. But if you don't have that app, then you're not going to get subscriptions, right? Yeah. So it's all it's like this real big balancing act of what's really important to your website. Um, one of the main things is people just have too many apps and too many really high quality images. There's too much information on pages and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's that's normally some of the some of the things that people mess up. But I think if you're making like a certain amount of revenue, you should and you have like an okay website, you should just hire an agency to um, actually improve the speed for you. Because the one the the place where it really matters the most is if someone has bad reception and they're on a mobile, because yeah. that's when it's like it could take like twenty seconds to load the page. Like you yeah. don't really want that to happen, right? That's everywhere in Australia. Our Wi-Fi is <laughs> trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, just keep in mind, like even when it says your website's slower than others, um, it's not really a true reflection on like the actual speed of your website sort of thing because it's it's unfairly comparing you to websites that don't need five apps like your website needs or it has a super lean website where it's got like nearly nothing on the whole website sort of yeah. thing so um yeah i was even looking at this today and I, I was i was going through because the shopify partner thing tells you all the speeds for all your websites and stuff and most of the websites that have the fastest speed that we've worked on is they're very simple websites. They don't have a lot going on. There's not a lot of apps. Um, yeah. Yeah. The pages aren't massive, but yeah, like I said, it's like a balancing act. Some websites need really massive pages, lots of images, things like that. So um, yeah, really depends. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get around like uh, website image size files? Like are you going to like tiny PNG or something like that or? Normally, so I don't do any of the speed stuff myself anymore. So one of my staff does it, but yeah, they're they're doing stuff like that and rearranging code, seeing what 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 um what apps we can remove. There's there's a whole big process of what what they're doing to like try to get that speed going really fast. Yeah, and yeah, like, most most people out there don't know code either. As soon as I get into like code or I have to install a Facebook pixel or something like that, uh, I can do it now after four years. But when I first opened that, I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I decided I haven't actually coded for like two years or something, I think. Only like little things. I decided about two or three years ago that I hate coding yeah. and I don't want to do it anymore. So basically, I really like doing the flow and the design of the website and like talking to business owners and stuff so i've mainly focused on that and hired someone to pretty much do like all our coding and stuff that we need um every now and then i'll do it sort of thing but yeah i think sometimes in business like you have to sort of identify what you really like doing and what you don't like doing and if you don't like doing it but it's a key thing in your business you need to get someone to help or or whatever yeah for sure uh, with the coding aspect, like how much of your work is actually coding versus just like using like Shopify, like drag and drop? Um, it really depends on like 
what we've quoted the client, for example, and what they need sort of thing. Normally, it, it, it's, it goes based on what they need. Normally, the, the more money someone makes is normally the more coding we do. So they, yeah. we make more like custom section blocks or something like that. So a lot of the websites we build will we'll build like on a paid theme, like through the Shopify theme store. Yeah. And then we'll do all the design and everything and everything we want to change, we'll recode it, we'll add options into the theme template. So this is another thing that um, a lot of agencies like mine don't do. They either do one or two of these things. So they'll code something in and if you ever need to change it, um, you have to contact the agency to, for them to change it or they'll do what we do where they'll code it in and they'll code in the option where they can press a button to change it or something like that. Um, so yeah, basically the bigger clients are getting more custom coding stuff done um, yeah. and the smaller ones get less. Uh, less. Yeah. They're normally paid a lot less, but it, it really depends on like, yeah, the, the level, what you need. Um, I always think like you can, you can pay someone $10 for a website or a million. So there's like yeah. quite a big difference from $10 to a million. Um, so yeah, it really depends what level you're at sort of thing. Yeah. Hopefully that sort of makes sense. Yeah, for sure. It definitely does. Uh, the more work involved, the more you got to charge. It's pretty obvious to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What about some like emerging trends in e-commerce that you're maybe seeing over say post COVID uh, and then moving forward into the future? Um, I think sort of like what I said before, just like people building like a connection and stuff. Like I think that is like really like the biggest trend like over the last few years and stuff like that. It's not really about just selling the product anymore. It's it's about all these other little things as well. Um, yeah, I definitely think that that's been like a big, big change like over the last few years. Yeah. Would you say anything major has changed in website design over, say, the last 12 months? Or has it all been pretty uh, standard? It's more based on like design and how you actually want to put things out. Yeah, I, I think it's always evolving sort of thing. Um, the Shopify updating to Shopify 2.0 has been really good as well. That's made life a lot easier for a lot of people building a website as well. So that's pretty cool. So yeah yeah what what happened evolving. in that update um it just made it like super a lot more easier to do a few different things uh so one for example if you wanted to build like a about page like on your website you either had to do it through the page like the default template code it in there or like it, it was really basic sort of thing or you need to use like an app a plugin app or um, you had a code in like a template for the about page sort of thing um, where you could add all the like homepage sections onto like the about page. Yep. But now with like Shopify 2.0, you just press a button and you can like create a template where you can like have all the homepage sections on the about page sort of thing. Uh, some templates had that built in before, but a lot of them didn't. And to give you an idea, like it used to take us like five hours or something to like code in that feature before. And now it's like press one button and you have have it all on that page sort of thing. Um, so that's made it easier for um, people to make nice about pages, frequently asked questions pages, things like that. A um, little bit faster. I've noticed the templates a lot faster since we went Shopify 2.0. Uh, 
Yep. Um, filtering system for collection pages is a lot better. Um, yeah, just lo- lots of little things like that has just made it the 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 experience for the user a lot lot easier. Yeah, I suppose that's what Crow's all about is making those little changes that might improve it by one percent. If you do that ten times, then it's going to have a pretty big impact on your business, right? Yeah, yeah. There's heaps of like, yeah. I I honestly believe like Shopify is really trying to make the best product possible. Like even just to, I think they before we before Shopify two point Shopify realized that. Um, they need, they needed to make it easier to build like about pages. There was all different things like that. And because of how they originally built Shopify like years and years ago, it was very hard to implement that into all the stores. So it actually took them like over two years to like be able to launch Shopify 2.0. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's good. They're always trying to improve everything. That's why I like Shopify a lot. They, um, I think the, the owner cares a lot. Um, a lot of people in Shopify care a lot about having the best experience selling products online and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I've worked with a, like a website hosting company called Volution. Have you heard of them? Uh, no. Oh, they're trash. So I had this client, right? And it was a pretty big client over in the US and they were hosted on Volution. And I'd never heard of it before. And I was like, oh, whatever. It could be all right. Like they're a pretty big business doing some good numbers. And they had actually like closed down and like they went bankrupt in like 2012 or something. So they had to keep their support system open for all their like current clients, but they couldn't develop anything. So it was just like them running on this dinosaur website with like next to no support. So anytime I needed something, you couldn't do it. And it was just trash. And then they were like in the process of moving to Shopify, but stuff like that still exists. And I'm like, what the hell? Why are people even using that over something like Shopify? Yeah, I run into like an absolute massive nightmare not not long ago. A similar sort of thing, like because they're moving from an old platform. Um, I I'd never heard of this platform ever before, so yeah. it must have. I, I think it must have been really big, like ten years ago. And what the client's done is they've been adding product to their website for the last 10 years. So they have 90,000 products yep. and they want to move to Shopify because their platform's like, we're not um, allowing anyone with more than a thousand products on our platform anymore. So this, these people had been on their platform like 10 years, yep. like being a good customer and they're like, screw you sort of thing. Um, and like, that was just like a nightmare, like, because there's no plug-in or anything that's like easy to like transfer this stuff over and stuff like that so i think that lately i have realized there is a lot of like older platforms people are still using i've run into like three other people on like a really old platform as well so um i think like a lot of people are just slowly moving over eventually they'll most people will be over to like shopify or other platforms and stuff yeah. And if you're starting a small business for the first time, I guess like you're not really sure on which website hosting platforms the best or whatever. You might compare some pricing options. You see Shopify might be a bit more than Squarespace or something and you opt for Squarespace. But then yeah. in the long term, you're like, oh, I really should have started on Shopify. Do you have the same thoughts? Um, it's like I Shopify you go to? I couldn't tell you how many people have built a website on like Square or GoDaddy and stuff like that and trans- and later transferred over to Shopify. 
because I think when you are doing research into it, um, like it does look appealing to go with like GoDaddy or Square or something like that, but you always run into issues later. Like I'm pretty sure GoDaddy, you can't even add Afterpay to. So it's just like that one little thing is like, um, yeah. And like Shopify has got a lot of solutions, like pretty much anything you've run into, someone's dealt with, they've made an app or there's code or there's something. Um, there's pretty much any solution for e-commerce on Shopify. The main reason I, um, how I found Shopify and the reason why I use Shopify is I did a lot of research um, nine or 10 years ago on mostly like forums, um, YouTube, stuff like that. When I was trying to build my e-commerce website, a lot of people were talk talking about Shopify. And when I was looking into everything, it seemed like there was a lot more information about Shopify. If I run into a problem, um, I could find the solution. They, it seemed like their support was like really good. Um, I think Shopify was the most expensive as well out of all the different options as well. Um, so I just decided to go with Shopify. Um, heard really yep. good things. I, I've never re really used any other platforms before. Um, except I use some random platform like 2009. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't really know how to use like most of the other platforms. The way I look at it is like um, Shopify has been really good to me. Their support's been good. The company itself has been really good to me. Um, why would I ever like change like if this company has been awesome to me in my life and stuff like that? So yeah. um, I always back like Shopify for sure. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I just think it's the best e-commerce solution out there at the moment. Like they're innovating like so much compared to anything else I see at the moment. So yeah, I think it really is the best choice at the moment. Now, yeah, just before we jump off today, do you want to give any small business any homework today? Maybe something that they can go check or maybe run it through like an audit, maybe go to your website and get a free audit. Or is there any other tools that somebody can go to or resources where they can get some inspo or uh, maybe some direction on how to improve their website at the moment? Um, yeah, there's a few different things. So like it all depends on budget and stuff like that. But um, yeah, you can get a free like website or video review from my website if you want. Um, if you're struggling, you can go to like YouTube. There's a lot of like good content on YouTube. Uh, the one thing I have found about YouTube over the last few years it's got harder and harder to find complicated things that you need solutions for. Yep. So there's quite a lot more uh, creators and stuff like that. So all the, a lot more people are making the basic stuff videos. So it's like um, pushing down like all the more complicated things. Yep. Uh, Shopify community forums, like really good. Got a lot of tips there and stuff like that. A lot of people commented pretty much any problem you've had. Someone's probably raised on Shopify community forum. Um, yeah, just stuff like that is like really good. Um, the five things that I was talking about as well before, like um, how to improve your website, look into that. Um, really have a think about your homepage, product page, site navigation. Um, uh, check out mobile experience. Uh, probably the one big mistake that I haven't actually spoke about as well is like a lot of people when they're thinking about their website, especially when they're new, they will go to like a really big brand and they'll look at their website and be like, I need to have that. Yeah. Where normally like the bigger the brand is, the worse that type of website works for someone starting out. 
because like normally the bigger the brand, the more they they can get away with on their website because um, yeah. they're like this massive brand. Like people trust them. They, there's all these different stuff they can do anything. Um, I always think like when Kylie Jenner first launched a website, it was like so bad that website. But it was like the fastest growing Shopify website in 2017, I think. Did you hit her up with a free website audit? <laughs> would have been, <laughs> would have been good, but it was very clunky. It was very everything, but because the brand, like she's such a big brand, like um, I always think like the love factor, the more people love you, the more that they will not care about broken links. They'll find a way to buy your, your thing. There'll be yeah. one link in your whole website to the checkout and they'll find it. Yeah. Um, so when you're starting out, you can't really do everything the bigger brands do. You have to really have some sort of balancing mix sort of you can take inspiration from there but it can't be 100 percent like the massive massive brand yeah i think that's a really good point uh just before we finish off today do you have any questions for me at all no just um yeah thanks for having me and stuff and like i always am interested to like talk to like marketing agencies and I've we've talked in the past and been on calls and stuff like that. So it always interests me to see the other side of things. Um, and hear like, is there anything that like um, you've heard on the call that makes you think about like how you run your business or like what you do for clients and stuff like that? Uh, no, it's really just pushing people to actually take action on their website. Like a lot of people will get up a website and be like, it's good enough. Like if people like my product, they're going to buy, right? But yeah. I think there's a whole lot more on the back end that people, they either don't want to invest the time or money into, uh, but it really does have a big impact. Like conversion rate is arguably the most important metric in e-commerce so if your website doesn't convert nothing else is going to work about your business if your website doesn't convert your paid ads aren't going to work like nothing is going to polish that turd so yeah Yeah. it's really just concentrating on it and paying some attention to it really yeah you know you know it's funny like my old website that i ran for a few years if i knew what i knew now (laughs) that website would have made two or three hundred thousand dollars extra if I knew what I knew now, yeah. back then, two or three hundred thousand dollars. Like yeah. I know that's like not massive, but it's like crazy to think that um, just what I know like could have made such a big difference on that website. Yeah, well, um, you want to hear another horror story? I had a sales call probably about a month ago, and this chick over in America, she had she'd like did a million dollars, like tons of website traffic. Like I, I confided in my book, but it was like yeah, a ridiculous like, amount, hundreds of thousands of visitors, probably millions of visitors, right? And her yeah. website conversion rate was like 0.02% or something. And I was like, what? You made a, you made a million bucks on a 0.02% conversion rate or whatever. And was, I was like, what the actual hell? Was the product expensive? No, like, was it, was it like over a thousand dollars? No, oh, it was a hundred dollars, and it was yeah, yeah, it was like the worst conversion rate I'd seen in so long. And she, like, she was going viral on TikTok like oh, every second day, right? And she was just generating all this attention. And like the website, like it wasn't the quality of traffic that was going to the website. TikTok probably has a bit to do with that, but the website was just not set out like. <laughs> like yeah. it was just trash and i was like if you just improve this to a 0.8 you'd go from 1 million to like 4 million next year just by doing that with the amount of traffic that's, that you're getting at the moment i was like 
I was just mind blown, like the numbers <laughs> that she was doing on a website conversion rate like that. Oh, my mind's blown, like just you saying that. Like, I, I thought straight away when you said that, I was like, oh, the product's like two thousand no. dollars. <laughs> no, no. I might, like, uh, I might, uh, I'll send you their um, Instagram handle. You might be able to hit them up with a free audit or whatever. But yeah, it was yeah. crazy. But yeah, there's heaps of people out there that are like that that they don't realize how much money they're losing. Um, so even like just going out and it doesn't have to be my like if you if you're thinking about changing your website, it doesn't have to be my agency. But if you just go out and start to even just jump on calls with um, agency owners, they're probably gonna like give you some some tips and some things you can think about and things like that. It can't hurt just to jump on a call and you know see another side of the what what's possible and then you know work it out from there. So yeah, um, for sure. Definitely don't leave it like two years or something because, you know, you could lose a lot of money and that sort of money, like that, that money that you just said, that probably would change that chick's life. Oh, for sure. And like, she's probably at a level where she's like pretty comfortable at the moment, just in her current lifestyle, but like just improve this one little thing, maybe invest, I don't know, 50K even, like just a ridiculous amount, like 50K in a new website build. And like, if that's going to make you an extra $3 million in the next year, then obviously that's worth it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like even like some of our clients, um, one of them, uh, we didn't didn't charge them that much, but um, they made an extra million pounds because of the website rebuild. So it's like about $2 million like Australian. Like, it's just like, it's crazy when you think about, um, I think they're making like a million pounds a year or something like that. And and like, when we calculated, they went to like 3 million pounds in the next year. Um, But probably a million of that was because of the website, which is like crazy. Yeah. And then like, like you can get into like all the upsells, like AAV increases, lifetime value and all that as well. But yeah. maybe we'll save that for a different pod. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've really loved having you on this podcast. I think people will get a lot of value out of this one. And yeah, where's the best place for somebody to reach out to you or maybe just have a chat? Yeah, I've loved uh, being on this too. Thanks for having me. Um, you can just like Google Inspire Small Business, go to my website, or you can just go straight to the website, inspiresmallbusiness.com, um, or follow me on Instagram or go to LinkedIn, Clayton Bates, and they're probably the two best places to uh, get a hold of me. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, and we'll have to do a part two soon. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. Unfortunately, this is the end of the episode, but if you're looking for more, be sure to find more episodes on the platform you're viewing on or head over to Instagram to find tons of valuable clips.